Hello, listeners of Jackie Just Chatters. This is your hostess, Jackie Lentz. This is my ongoing bonus mini-cast murder mystery serial. Each week brings a fresh letter in this cozy tale of murder. If you have not listened before, you are going to want to find letter number one and begin there. I hope you enjoy. To silence a scandalmonger, murder in an English village. Welcome to another installment of this audio drama. Play along as you step into the role of one Gwendolyn Armstrong, who is living in 1951 Oxford, England, and is in the final months of earning her bachelor's degree in history from St. Hugh's. Your post is full of regular letters from your Aunt Ivy and other occupants of the charming village of Upper Stock Green. On the surface, it seems a serene picture of stone cottages, beautiful green countrysides, and charitable neighbors. But underneath, in the darkness, a sinful world hides, and the shadow beats the heart of a murderer. By the time the last letter arrives, can you identify the killer? Previously, on To Silence a Scandalmonger, we learned that Aunt Ivy was at last going to have a word with Mrs. Fernsby, demanding an end to the affair going on between the Reverend and Miss Berrycloth. And yet again, Ivy was taunting Miss Turner with the name Rebecca. Is it possible that Miss Turner hadn't grown suspicious yet? Inspired by Mrs. Gastrel, asking if the strawberry jam had been opened yet, Ivy decided sooner rather than later was a good time to make use of the sweet treat. Let's join this week's adventure, shall we? A letter to Gwen from Constable Freddie Allen. 18th of May, 1951. Upper Stock Green Police Station, England. Dear Gwendolyn Armstrong, I can't find the words to tell you how sorry I am about your Aunt Ivy's passing. I remember paying a call on her with my mum as a boy. Your aunt rapped my knuckles for touching things I shouldn't have. I was so angry at her I pouted and swore I'd never cross over her doorstep again. Then she stuck me two extra biscuits that my mum would never have allowed me to eat at home. Just like that, all was forgiven. She had a way of managing children. They broke the mould after they made your aunt. I know we didn't have much time to talk or visit while you were here. You were in a rush to get to Oxford, and everyone was crowding you at the church. I couldn't get close to you, it seemed. Broke my heart, seeing you so sad. It somehow made you seem even lovelier than you normally look. It was well enough we didn't attempt to go for a stroll and talk, because your beauty left me mute. <clears throat> Sadly, that is not why I am writing, however. My purpose is more official. I know I said that you were overreacting and just feeling guilty about not being home when you suggested I should do a post-mortem on your aunt, that I said she simply had a heart attack, and that was horribly sad, but perfectly normal. I'm man enough to admit when I am wrong. You were right, and I was wrong. 
the post-mortem you requested was done. She was poisoned. I can still hardly believe it's true, but I've double-checked the results. What made you question it in the first place? According to the report, the poison was digitalis. That is a medicine given to patients with heart conditions. However, when someone without a heart problem takes the medicine, it can give them a fatal attack. I'm asking to be clear. Your aunt did not take digitalis, did she? I did not find any tablets or cachets in the house. And when I asked Dr. Brewster, he said he'd never prescribed such a medicine to your aunt. You were right to worry and ask questions. As of now, I am treating this as a suspicious death. I've gone back over Mrs. Owen's statement of the day. It was the afternoon of the 23rd of April. Your aunt had asked Mrs. Owens to bake some scones and serve them for a treat. While Mrs. Owens was making the scones, your aunt went to the post to mail a letter. According to the Baileys, who confirmed seeing your aunt, she did indeed get a newspaper and buy a few odds and ends. There's no listing of what specifically she purchased. The Baileys didn't remember anything that wasn't her usual shopping. At the moment, it doesn't seem significant. Mrs. Owens said she took the scones out of the oven just after your aunt left the house. Leaving the scones to cool, she popped out and headed to see Mr. Gibson. She claims it was just to have a chat. I know she was buying black market sausages. I am not a fool, but I'm also not going to put half the village in jail for illegal bacon and sausages. Oh. Does everyone think I am so thick that I don't know about these backdoor trades? Let's be honest, no one even tries to hide it. I don't think people here are very crafty at hiding their secrets. Anyways, Mrs. Owens returned from her no <clears throat> Mrs. Owens returned from her chat about thirty to forty five minutes later, the best I can narrow her down. However, I get the feeling she may have been gone a little longer. She's awfully cagey about the whole thing, but even three quarters of an hour seems a bit long just to pop over to the pub and get her sausages. In her statement, Mrs. Owens found your aunt on the floor of the dining room upon her return. She was unconscious. The doctor was called, but your Aunt Ivy was gone by the time he got there. He pronounced her dead at the scene. Scone crumbs were resting on the plate. Mrs. Owens did a count of the scones and relayed that two were missing and presumed to have been consumed by Mrs. Stevens. A good-sized portion of some strawberry jam was gone as well. Mrs. Owens was certain it was a fresh pot never opened before, these are the basic facts, according to my notes. I will question her again, and see if she can shed any more light on this situation, given its increased seriousness. I promise I will do all I can. 
If there is anything I can do for you, Gwen, let me know. I understand it has been a struggle for you, trying to arrange the funeral and your aunt's affairs while having to finish your last term at uni. <laughs> I still can hardly believe you're going to have a degree. I hope you won't forget us simple folk when you're part of the intellectual elite. I still remember when we would scrump apples together from Mr. Smith's orchard. Maybe, when this is all over, in the autumn we can go for a walk and eat a few of those apples, for old time's sake. Regards, Constable Freddy Allen. Come back in a week for Gwen's next letter as we work closer to solving who silences Scandalmonger. Have any suspects, speculations, or insights? Head over to my Facebook author page and share your theories. You can find the link in the description. This podcast was written by Jackie Lentz, narrated by Jackie Lentz. Constable Freddie Allen, voiced by Barnaby Wikes. Remember, you can follow on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Or you can find me, like, and subscribe on YouTube. If you are enjoying these podcasts, I would be delighted if you shared with your friends, left a rating on Spotify, or a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, I wish you well.